And we thought uh, we'd involve all of us in this question, a very provoking question, concerning one of the figures, not the principal figure, but certainly a major figure in La Dolce Vita, Steiner. Steiner, the intellectual, Steiner, the wealthy man in Rome who committed suicide and killed his two children. For those who've seen the film, we know this has always been one of the uh, seemingly insoluble questions. And as a result, aside from asking this question of Fellini, whose voice you will hear the conversation most of the program in the second half, we'll have the voices of Marcello Mastroianni, an excerpt from the conversation with him, discussing his theory as to why Steiner did it. And the voice of uh, Alain Cuny, the French actor who played the role of Steiner, uh, and in the conversation with him that took place in the in a theater in Paris, explaining why he thinks Steiner did it, the role he played. And at the beginning of the broadcast, uh, the voices of two people who saw the film in Chicago a couple of years ago, this conversation occurred. Nelson Algren, the writer, and Mario De Vecchi, who was an associate of Fellini in the making of the film. And so before we hear from excerpts from the early Chicago broadcast and those that follow, a word from our sponsors. Well, I must say, this question, the one question, there were many questions raised, of course, in the seeing of La Dolce Vita, even though it first played in Chicago a couple of years ago, even today is seen in outlying theaters, the question as to why this man, Steiner, friend of Marcello, the columnist, central figure, did what he did, the man who, as the phrase goes, had everything. And this is uh, seemed to be more uh, provoking than the mystery of uh, Orson Welles's Citizen Kane and the mystery of the question of Rosebud. Who was Rosebud? In this case, why did Steiner do it? So let's begin with the conversation that took place a couple of years ago in the studio uh, as we ask uh, both Nelson Algren, the writer, and Mario De Vecchi, Fellini's associate, uh, as to why they think he did it in their seeing of the film. Steiner, uh, who this intellectual who, who has his weaknesses, very definite weaknesses, feels because he is a thing he does himself in. He kills himself. He says himself, yeah. I'm no bigger than this. Yes. When you look at uh, my true stature, yeah. I'm no bigger than this. Yes, he says that. Is the fact that he was detached. He used the word several times, didn't he? Steiner. I feel he's affluent, seems well, family seems fine, beautiful, friends seem interesting, yet he used the word, I am detached, doesn't he? We must live. We should live detached. Meaning Steiner. that uh, all these uh, things that he feels should not be felt, perhaps. Well, this is a disease. It is a disease, no question about it. I mentioned also to Nelson uh, another thing regarding Steiner in uh, La Dolce Vita. I mentioned the fact that uh, he, Steiner, is the only person, call him a person, a thing, whatever you may wish, is the only one who does not belong in this so-called sweet life, and therefore Fellini has to destroy him, just like he destroys the miracle tree. Yeah. He has to be destroyed. Badly, uh, he perhaps belongs to the earth, but mentally, spiritually, the man is living in the future. He mentions that all the time. He is definitely living in the future, and therefore, being that everyone in La Dolce Vita belongs to the earth and being that Steiner is here on earth but not belonging to La Dolce Vita, the sweet life, he must be destroyed. And he destroys with him the children 
who seemingly are going to grow uh, intellectual, as intellectual as the father is. Because as detached too, perhaps. As detached too. Uh, we see during the film, during that particular scene, when the children appear, uh, we already uh, feel that these children are going to be raised according to the likeness of the father. Because he mentions that uh, one child is very bright, his eyes yeah. are very bright because he recognizes beauty in, in a flower. And then he laughs because he knows that he has understood the beauty of the flower. And he also mentions about the little girl, the fact that she uh, is very wonderful in uh, uh, sometimes inventing new phrases. And he mentions one particular phrase that he has noticed. Uh, who, is the who is the mother of the son? And uh, Steiner uh, says, don't you think this is the phrase of a poet already? Yeah. So we can see that the children you know, are going to be uh, raised into uh, in that particular uh, climate, atmosphere, yeah. call it whatever you may wish. But we know that eventually they are going to grow up to be intellectuals themselves. So Steiner feels compelled that with him, they too have to be destroyed. Well, this, uh, this again comes back to Nelson's point, a cry for help. Here is Steiner, the detached intellectual, destroys that which he loves because he fears they will find their present as loathsome as he seems to find his present. See, I'm wondering now, when you say cry for help, help for what? To be what? To do what? To feel. To feel. Help, cry for help to feel. To feel is the way Nelson Algren interpreted uh, the film itself. The conversation continued with DeVecchi and with Algren discussing other aspects of uh, the film, the dehumanization, the the lack of standards, uh, the nature of decadence itself, and there are some very uh, whimsical comments made by Algren uh, in which he was relating Roman decadence and Chicago decadence, and he, somehow he said, they have us outstripped uh, even when it comes to that. And then the, but the subject of Steiner was recurring throughout. Uh, there was a great deal of talk, of course, concerning the, uh, the role Marcello played, why he seemed less than he might have been, but again, Steiner enter the conversation. Isn't this what threw Steiner too, Nelson? He spoke of the organized, safe world in which he lived. Well, uh, it seemed to me he was protesting the, the idea of total security, of total protection. It, uh, it, uh, I mean, that there's a great risk to the, uh, to the human personality, uh, that, the, that the, uh, the human personality can't, uh, can't survive under... Uh, Total security. I think you mentioned that uh, somebody mentioned it the other day. The uh, the uh, the highest suicide rate in uh, in the Western world, at least, is is in Sweden, yes. where the problems of survival are, are at a minimum. So, cradle to the grave then can bring a quick grave, uh, quicker than than expected. Because you mean there's no there's no challenge to the human being. Is this you mean? There is no value to uh, life. Doesn't have the value. There's no struggle. That was uh, one man's view, uh, perhaps the view of a great many men, in looking at uh, this particular role of Steiner. This is a conversation that occurred a couple of years ago in Chicago. Anyway, this was bothering me while I was in in Rome, and eventually saw uh, Fellini and Marcello Mastroianni, and in Paris saw Cuny. But in in Rome, 
ran into Mastriani, and this is an excerpt from the interview with him, the conversation with him. Now, the full interview with Mastriani will be heard on some later date at this hour. But uh, who, who can portray Nowhere Man better than Marcello Mastriani? And this was in between dubbings for this new film, Fellini Eight and a Half, in which he again plays the leading role, someone wholly different from Marcello. He talks animatedly of the other roles he's played and how they're all varied facets of a certain kind of 20th century man whose life is empty and wasted. We know him, too, as a very deft comedian, as he can be seen these days in Chicago in divorce Italian style. He's a witty, vital artist, and more than a handsome face here. But the question we asked him, surely he must know the answer of the question that gnaws. Why did Steiner, the man who had everything in La Dolce Vita, kill himself and his kids? And uh, patiently, uh, Mastriani is lighting my crooked cigars forever going out as he tries to answer this question. Now here was Marcello's admiration for Steiner. He, uh, his admiration for Steiner, yet his discovery that Steiner himself was empty. Mm. I'd like his interpretation of this, perhaps. His Dice che Terkel in France ha, ha fatto un'intervista con Cuny, sì. che ha fatto Steiner. E mh, questa ammirazione di Steiner, di Marcello per Steiner, e alla sua scoperta che in questo momento anche Steiner in fin dei conti è vuoto dentro. Vorrei sapere cosa sente, se lei, se lei sente in questo senso. Ma, ma forse, per me non è chiaro che lui scopra che Steiner è vuoto dentro. Mi pare che eh, immediatamente lui ne sia affascinato da Steiner, perché Steiner per lui rappresenta tutto quello che lui non è riuscito mai ad essere. Ma cioè, poi a un certo momento c'è questo suicidio di ah, Steiner. Ma, ma, ma sì, è evidente, dopo c'è il crollo di tutto. Ah, io credevo che nel corso della vicenda lui avesse già intuito il vuoto di Steiner. No, 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 dopo, ah, dopo, dopo sì. sì. Ah beh, ma si capisce perché eh, lo scoprire il vuoto di Steiner significa aver... Toglie a Marcello qualsiasi possibilità di speranza. In Steiner lui vedeva quello che, che avrebbe potuto essere, cioè un uomo leale, un uomo eh, vero profondo, un uomo colto, un uomo con una famiglia meravigliosa, eh, un uomo che raccoglie attorno a sé delle persone intelligenti, la serenità, e poi glielo dice anche. È chiaro che credendo ancora nell'esistenza di certi individui per Marcello è già una speranza. Eh, ma al momento in cui Steiner si suicida è il crollo di tutti e di fatti no, non si salva più eh, ma questo senza dubbio cioè, così. Questo, no, questo oltre che come fatto cinematografico è un fatto anche reale insomma nella vita vera eh, of course Marcello, Marcello believes that, uh, Steiner feels that Steiner is everything he couldn't be ma Steiner è successful, è intelligente, ha una bella famiglia, ha una felice famiglia, ha intorno a sé gruppi di intelligenti persone, è tutto che Marcello non poteva essere. Quindi possibilità di qualcuno, Steiner. Quando Steiner si uccide, tutto collapsa intorno a Marcello. Marcello ha perso speranza che become somebody yes. like that. Well, perhaps I like can ask Steiner. Mr. Fellini, I don't want to take Mr. Mastroianni's time on us about his feelings, why Steiner did what he did. Or does uh, Marcello Mastroianni have an idea? Why do you feel Steiner, having all this seemingly killed himself and his kids, why did Steiner do this? Vorrebbe sapere da lei perché pensa lei che Steiner si sia ucciso, avendo queste cose apparentemente, avendo il successo, l'intelligenza, la famiglia, eccetera, perché si è ucciso? Perché era un uomo debole, incapace di sopravvivere, a certi fatti drammatici o estremamente impegnativi che lui intravedeva in un futuro eh, abbastanza vicino e problemi dei quali lui si è reso conto 
di essere incapace a risolvere cioè un uomo troppo sensibile e allo stesso tempo estremamente debole cioè non virile because we come back to, to, to the same problem he was weak he was, he was, uh, he was weak and too sensitive at the same time uh, having, having uh, felt that he was going to face very involving problems that he could not cope with he, 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 and, and being so sensitive as to feel this, he was, on the other hand, too weak to face them to solve these problems. Uh, well, therefore, he, he, he killed himself because uh, he was weak. He was not virile enough. Dico, la, la, la rivelazione di questa, eh, di questa impossibilità a risolvere questi problemi futuri per un intellettuale eh, sono stati poi il segno per Steiner stesso della sua debolezza e della sua mediocrità perché il mondo sereno e meraviglioso nel quale Steiner viveva era tutto fittizio un uomo del nostro tempo non vive i, i, in questa specie di, 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 di bolla di sapone eh, al di fuori delle, delle, delle asperità e delle, delle assurdità della vita eh, di questi giorni non, era un'isola impossibile a sopravvivere quella di Steiner, non era vera era falso il mondo di Stanley Sergal, per me, proprio anzi che Fellini lo vede in tutt'altro sì, modo. Sì, uh, Marcello Mastroianni's interpretation of, of, of Steiner's crisis is that uh, he kills himself because he realizes that he's not living uh, a, a real life. All, all this world, uh, all this family, it's all fictitious. Um, it's, not, it's not real because a man on, uh, nowadays lives in, in doubts, lives in uh, taken by all this, this anguish, these anxieties. So uh, Steiner at a certain moment realizes that uh, his life uh, is uh, up to the, that date, his, 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 uh, the environment he lives in, etc., are all, are all uh, constructed, are all, yeah. are all fictitious. Even as Are all fictitious, he said. And uh, this is Marcello Mastriani's interpretation of. Uh, Steiner's uh, suicide. Uh, by the way, that uh, the voice of the uh, of the translator is that of Carlo Baldi, whom you will hear later on too in the conversation with Fellini. And if you heard vaguely in the background a woman screaming, uh, there was nothing to worry about. Uh, there was a dubbing of the film, Fellini Eight and a Half, and uh, the, there was the voice being uh, voices being dubbed in various languages. And that was an actress trying the same speech again and again and again and missing it because Fellini, though patient was persistent and is persistent and is a perfectionist. And so we go to, to Paris. And there, in Alain Cooney's dressing room on the wall is a picture of Sonny Liston, the heavyweight champion. Uh, this is a small theater in which a Pirandello play is on the boards. And it's after a matinee on Saturday. Cooney, the French actor, played the role of Steiner in La Dolce Vita. And so we ask him, why did Steiner do it? Why did he commit suicide? And Cooney, you may recall his face, sort of a granite furrowed face, and his brow equally furrowed, thoughtfully blows uh, smoke rings, and you watch the rings melt in the air, and you're reminded of the old Chesterfield ad. And, and then he offers an explanation that appears to me at the moment a bit more complex than even Mastriani's. Les signes extérieurs d'une vie équilibrée sont très souvent et affreusement trompeurs. On sait très bien derrière quelle façade vivent les gens prétendument heureux. Et il y a un humoriste français qui a eu cette parole. Ce qu'il y a d'admirable dans le bonheur des autres, c'est qu'on y croit. Or, ce bonheur Je n'y crois pas. Je crois qu'il est très difficile 
de parvenir à quelques secondes de joie personnelle, de joie partagée, et que par exemple, pour aimer, il faut peut-être une vie entière pour entrevoir ce que peut-être... You ask him why Steiner, so rich and cultivated and uh, seemingly happy, did what he did at the end of his character. And uh, Alain Cuny says that the external signs of the richness and uh, culture are generally false. And we all know what hides behind such, uh, such a show of richness and happiness. And the French humorist said once that uh, what is admirable, what is wonderful in the happiness of others is that they make us believe it. But uh, Mr. Kenny, he doesn't believe in it, doesn't believe really. And uh, he believes that for loving, for instance, it needs a whole, whole life to have sometimes little lights of happiness. Why did Steiner, I remember he would play a little of Bach, was he sort of a dilettante, is that it? He would play Bach or he taught, why did he say I feel this small, sometimes I feel this small? Pourquoi Steiner à un moment dit parfois je me sens petit comme ça? Oui, parce que son amie qui est je crois une Suédoise lui dit vous nous apparaissez sous les dimensions d'une cathédrale et il rit ou plutôt il ricane même, en disant, si vous pouviez me voir selon ma vraie taille, vous sauriez que je suis tout petit, au contraire. Yes, Steiner has a friend, a Swedish friend, and she says, she tells him, uh, you appear to us as high as a cathedral. And he says, he sneers, he laughs, and says that if you could see me as I am really, as I feel really, you would see me that small. That's the sentence. So he really had contempt for himself in view of all this. Alors il se méprisait lui-même. Non. Il ne se méprisait pas, mais il savait que sa vie, aussi bien professionnelle que conjugale, que sociale, était un simulacre. No, he didn't despise himself, but he knew that his life, his life socially, with his work and his wife and his friend, was uh, a fake. A total fake. That then is Elaine Cooney's interpretation. Uh, the translator in this instance was Michel Vian, who is Jean-Paul Sartre's secretary. And uh, later on, on some forthcoming broadcast, uh, the conversation in full with Elaine Cooney, not only his tackling the role of Steiner, but uh, his life as an actor and what, his, what he thinks of being an actor. So anyway, here are uh, thus far three different interpretations four different interpretations of why Steiner did it. That of Nelson Algren, Chicago writer, Mario De Vecchi, an associate of Fellini, uh, Marcello Mastroianni, the principal actor in the film, uh, played the role of Marcello the columnist, and Elaine Cooney, who played the role of Steiner. Well, finally, about to catch the night plane out of Rome, this is the last day there, this is on the return, and there's a very weary Federico Fellini. Uh, I've just been watching the dubbing of his new film, Fellini Eight and a Half, which he will discuss in a moment, too. I'm impressed with the easy manner of his work. He talks of his faith in man and how in this film, 
man will recognize, this man will recognize himself, and herein lies the hope, whatever hope there is, recognition. But then I ask that last question. Fellini, after all, created the role of Steiner. Why did he do it? And uh, he will explain why, and as he did, as this very gentle bear of a director talks, I thought of Steiner and Edward Arlington Robinson's Richard Corey, who was so admirable. You remember the line, so on we worked and waited for the light and went without meat and cursed the bread. And Richard Corey, one calm summer night, went home and put a bullet through his head. In a moment, we'll hear the whole conversation with Fellini, which not only answers uh, this question, but speaks of all his work and his credo as well. I've just had the privilege of, of watching, even we're on right now, the voice in the background is that of perhaps one of the, certainly one of the great film directors in the world today, Federico Fellini, and I had the privilege of uh, watching some of the editing of the film, and I noticed this, the perfection is of the man himself, and yet there was an ease too, there was a confidence in his work, the way he was handling the various little frames, the shots, the sound, and the actors themselves felt it too. Uh, Mr. Fellini, first of all, I'm very grateful for the privilege of watching some of the editing of this new work of yours, Fellini Eight and a Half, and I want to thank you for that very much. Mr. Fellini says that dubbing is the more boring, the most boring part of his work. Uh, it doesn't have the atmosphere, the, 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 the gay atmosphere that uh, you have when you shoot a film, that is, is the atmosphere that makes him like it, his work. As a matter of fact, he's surprised that you find this uh, atmosphere that he instead uh, thinks is a little, uh, a little tense because it's very boring and very technical, you see. Of course. But I sense even within this particular laborious, boring work, this particular air is there. Before we talk about up to now is his magnum opus, La Dolce Vita, perhaps the films that came to Chicago first uh, when we sensed a new film poet at work with La Strada, for example. In La Strada, the, uh, the man's humanity came through. I'm thinking, for example, of the, the strong man, the part played by Quinn. At the very end of the film, even the brute, even the brute is a human being, we sense as he cries upon the sand alone. <laughs> what do you want to know about this? No, I know. It seems to be the recurring theme of all his films, the indomitability, in a sense, of the human spirit. You have the little prostitute in Cabiria. Mr. Fellini says that uh, he, he believes in human beings and he, he, he doesn't think that one could, uh, could make a film in which there isn't uh, this, this belief, this, this, uh, this trust, this belief in human beings. He says maybe a man from Mars could do it, but uh, since I am a man and I work with men, I, am, I live with men, I, uh, it's obvious that I believe in men. Of course, I raised these uh, the point about these two films prior to La Dolce Vita for a certain reason, do you see? Here was the little prostitute. In the very beginning, he works directly. A man pushes her into the lake, tries to kill her in a sense, steal her money. At the very end, she's betrayed again, and yet there she marches, still alive. I, I'm raising this point as a lead-in to yes. another approach to the theme of Dolce Vita. And now we come to the element of dehumanization in our day. Would he say, if we were to choose one word, one theme, that is the theme of the tapestry La Dolce Vita, mm -hmm. I suppose it would be the dehumanization of man. Eh, non, mi, non mi sembra comunque che il protagonista della Dolce Vita sia 
He doesn't feel that Marcello in a dolce vita is dishumanized. Even even he's always on the verge of of disintegration. He's because he disperses. He's in a dispersion. He's always he's always disponible. His disponibility, his open disponibility, puts him always on the verge of being disintegrated. But even in the last in the last look in his eyes, with full of nostalgia for something that he's losing, that he has lost, that he doesn't know what it is. He feels he feels that there is a charge, there is a charge of humanity, um, a humanity that is such uh, also because it is always in the risk of being of being lost, of being dishumanized. Because it's incomprensibile, di che sta diventando qualcosa che non si riesce nemmeno più a decifrare. Mi sembra che anche in quel punto lì Marcello sia carico di umanità, insomma, di umanità dolorosa, di umanità che rischia appunto di disumanizzarsi, ma che proprio in quell'attimo dove affiora una nostalgia così profonda e così accorante si, si dichiara di nuovo in tutta la sua forza. There is this charge of humanity in the last scene, let us say, as the little Umbrian angel, the little girl, waves at him. But does he, you see, this is the question, is he, does he feel that Marcello himself uh, can be saved? See, we think of Marcello at the very end. But, secondo me, il fatto che il personaggio si salvi o non si salvi non è importante. È importante che lo spettatore raggiunga una tensione, cioè sia stimolato lui It's not important that uh, the personage of the film is saved or not. What is important is to stimulate the public, to, 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 to stimulate the public and bring into a certain point uh, of discussion. If, uh, if one has, he, he, uh, Mr. Fellini says, is not his point, uh, to, to, to make it a, a moral point. He works, he works by instinct, he, he gets to this conclusion by instinct. But if one wants to make a moral point, in, in effect, as a matter of fact, it is, he, he thinks it is more moral not to, to end the film with a positive ending. That uh, is, uh, in a way, an evasion for the public. It says, well, if it's, it's, well, it's finished well, the, the thing is solved, the problem is solved, and that's it. If you, if you just bring, uh, get to the point where, where we don't know if it is saved or not, but it remains, in the public, remains this, this, uh, this stimulation. Una tensione, cioè la possibilità di una riflessione. Thus he wants the audience then, the audience to react, to leave the theatre saying, well, perhaps something must or should be done, or the audience, it's when the audience cried, basta, basta, enough, enough. He was happy to hear this, I assume, then, because he, he irked them or he stimulated them. Era la stessa cosa anche negli altri film, anche il fatto che Kabiri alla fine sorridesse riconfortata così per un atto... It's the same with Kabiria. The film ends with the smile of Kabiria, moved by the homage of the human message of these little kids, boys, yes. But what is going to do with Kabiria tomorrow? We don't know. It's the same with Zampano on the beach. It's what they do tomorrow, it's a problem that concerns them, that do not concern us. Anyway, they, are, uh, they, they don't belong to this, to this reality, they are artistic inventions. What is important is that the public, the public is faced with, uh, is faced with the problem. Che il pubblico senta che è lui che deve fare qualche cosa per Cabiria. L'importante è che il pubblico a quel punto The public has to do something for Cabiria. He's facing a problem with his general. Cabiria is only 
gli ha fatto pensare questo che lei diceva a Bertolt Brecht non da un punto di vista tecnico ma come impostazione diciamo etica di un dialogo col pubblico ma io insomma credo che ogni artista sincero trovi la sua moralità in, questo, in questa forma di messaggio, cioè in, questa, in questo tendere fino allo spasimo una, una partecipazione dello spettatore a cui si rivolge, o del lettore, o di chi guarda un quadro, o di chi sente un concerto. If you that any, any honest uh, artist uh, feels uh, uh, the need to stimulate this uh, participation of the public uh, towards certain problems. And uh, may I add, as, 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 a, as a man who has seen La Dolce Vita quite a few times and has participated in many panel discussions, La Dolce Vita created uh, in Italy uh, and uh, I believe uh, in many other parts of the world a serial of discussions, of, of meetings, and we were all stimulated in discussing certain problems that were very important for us. Indeed, this huge tapestry, that is La Dolce Vita, a tapestry or a mural, La Dolce Vita. You chose Rome. Of course, Rome is your city, but Rome seems so interesting to the new and the old of Rome. The new constructions going up as against an, an eternal aspect of... Do you have something specific in mind in choosing Rome? Perché ho scelto Roma? Un pochino difficile sempre tentare di identificare cosa sono state le ragioni. He says that it is difficult to analyze the reasons why he chosen Rome instead of another city. Maybe a very, very... It's very probable that he has chosen Rome because it's the place where he works, the place that he knows best. Um, because uh, actually, uh, as far as Dolce Vita is concerned, the paesage, the, 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 the physical environment, is, uh, is, not, uh, is not essential. Uh, he has invented, he reinvented all this Rome. As a matter of fact, he doesn't know, he doesn't, he doesn't go to the Veneto. He has never participated in an orgy or has never been around the uh, uh, prince's uh, home. And yet he has invented it, and just because it is invented, probably it's, it's more poignant. Quindi è tutta, è tutta una Roma di fantasia, e forse proprio perché di fantasia è molto più vera di quella, di quella reale. Well, the fact too that probably is a via Veneto society in every industrial city of the world, and every, it is not Rome alone, because obviously it's the universal quality of it. We see this, I'm curious about several things. He chose as the protagonist or the anti-hero a newspaper columnist, a columnist, this is rather interesting. Ha trovato particolarmente interessante il fatto che lei abbia, abbia scelto come, come protagonista un, un giornalista di tipo particolare, quello che loro in America chiamano il columnist, cioè un, un, un reporter sì, d'attualità, un redattore d'attualità. Sì, perché mi sembra che eh, i, i drammi che si raccontano nella dolce vita, il tipo di persone, i personaggi che si incontrano e le loro storie non sono degni di, di, di uno storico, non so, come poteva essere Svetonio o Tacito, insomma, ognuno di noi ha gli storici che, che, che si merita, quindi mi pareva giusto raccontare quelle avventure lì attraverso l'occhio di un giornalista abbastanza squallido, insomma, abbastanza miserabile. He found that uh, each, each time has the stories that it deserves, 
and of course uh, he could have uh, for for to tell the stories of, uh, that the dolce vita the a squalid society as the, that dolce vita uh, found it it's 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 right uh, historian uh, not in uh, 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 an important involved uh, like Svetonio or Tacitus but uh, in a columnist. Strangely enough, that this columnist, in a very small way, is a Tacitus of his time. Yes. I mean, and I, this is ironic, obviously, yes. because this yes. concerns itself with the next question about to ask Mr. Fellini, the lack of values or quality. Uh, I'm asking Mastriani earlier about the role. Uh, in the very first scene, there is a Christ on the helicopter blessing the city, and this is as important or as uh, of little importance to the columnist as the next scene in which he's seeing who is uh, sitting with whom in a nightclub. The lack of difference between yes. standards. Standards of values. Sì, questo tipo di sguardo impietoso, insomma, impietoso e anche sì, senza, senza possibilità di, di senza scale di valori, insomma, dove tutto quanto è guardato con lo stesso occhio di mh, pura curiosità, di curiosità uh, the lack of uh, of uh, unmerciful uh, unmerciful uh, look at things everything is seen with the same eye uh, with the same curious eye uh, curious in a negative sense though that it is typical of our time where a big tragedy uh, a great event uh, or the election of a miss they are all the same value yes and thus it is with a columnist this is a rather interesting approach this tacitus small-time tacitus of our time yet a question always comes up the man he admired marcello steiner i interviewed alain cooney in paris and he gave a rather roundabout interpretation of steiner's mm -hmm. decision here is a man who seems to have everything steiner as in a poem by Arlington robinson america and one day went home put a bullet in his head to say why i'd like to ask mr fellini who created this why steiner seemingly happy did what he did to himself and to his kids. It's a question often yes, asked, yes. I know. Always a question that I have asked 10 million times. This is the cliché question. But I have never known this question. It is a question that uh, very often was asked Mr. Fellini. And uh, he says he's afraid he, can't, uh, he cannot give an, a, a precise, an answer as precise as the question itself. As a matter of fact, uh, he doesn't know very precisely why Steiner killed himself. Perhaps uh, because uh, he had an intuition, uh, uh, because um, he had an intuition of being, uh, he could have been able to, 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 to do something that he couldn't do, uh, like an angel living, living uh, all of a sudden realized that, that he lived up to that time like an angel amongst, uh, amongst uh, monkeys. Uh, but anyway, um, what was important for Mr. Fellini as a narrator, as, as an inventor of, of, of a story, was to have an episode that could be a shock for Marcello and make him realize that um, he, he lived, uh, he lived uh, no, his life was not a life but a way of living, and that he identified a way of living with life. And in this case, when this happens, it is real hell, it is desperation, it is, uh, it is uh, madness. Era di dare a Marcello, il protagonista, un, lo shock di un episodio che riassumesse tutta l'assurda la, la, irrazionalità, il caos così magmatico del suo modo di vivere, insomma, che non è la vita, ma è solamente un modo di vivere e che diventa allucinante perché un modo di vivere quando viene identificato come vita è spaventoso, insomma, è proprio, la, la, è proprio veramente l'inferno, insomma, il vuoto, ecco, l'inferno come vuoto, come, come assenza di 
come l'essenza di un principio, di uno sviluppo, di una fine. There was a line that Steiner used, I was curious about it, when he speaks to Marcello out on the patio. He says, uh, he says uh, I feel so safe. You know, we think so much of security ourselves, certain kind of material security. I wonder if that wasn't a, a key there to us. Sì, sì, questo senso di insicurezza che proviamo tutti quanti, insomma, questo senso di provvisorietà, sì. The intuition of a sudden intuition of of uh, of the illusion of this sense of safety, uh, safety. The, the the problem we we all we all feel this 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 sense of insecurity of of of, of not being safe. Therefore, Steiner, Steiner might have uh, might have uh, had the intuition that his his safety his 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 sense of uh, security was. Uh, was, uh, I suppose a sort of spiritual emptiness in the midst of a material wealth. That is, he was surrounded by things, but the man himself seemed, even Steiner, a little hollow. Waste, apparently, waste seems to be on the mind of Mr. Fellini. The, the tragedy of waste in, uh, this is in, uh, in, in uh, La Strada, the waste of human beings, and here again, the waste in a larger sense. Inibilità di sanguante, insomma, in questo senso qui, no? Ma è una domanda? Sì, sì è, 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 è un'osservazione giusta la sua, è una cosa che ha sentito giustamente, c'è effettivamente questo senso? Sì, ma però non, non mi sembra che il mio sguardo così di, di cantastorie sia quando racconto una vita così disordinata, sgangherata, eh, fatta di, di, di sentieri invece che di strade maestre, di, di scorciatoie che invece allungano la strada, Mi sembra che ci sia sempre, però... Uh, it's a long, uh, long yeah. talk, it's not break confused. No, 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 it's on the counter. Anyway, he's very optimistic about us, about human beings. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't feel that he has uh, taken a negative attitude or a judging attitude towards this waste and so forth. Uh, of course, if one is, um, he says, this, this waste, this, this going around, this wandering around, looking for a truth that we have, has, has a certain value, and he sees it with a, with a, with a sympathizing eye. Um, he feels that, um, he thinks he was able to, to, to express this, uh, this sympathy, this, uh, this uh, solidarity, this, uh, this uh, 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 participation in, in, in everything that these personages do and so forth, even in the paesage, in the, in the things they wear. He, he, he tried to express it also formally. Ma anche questo zitagare può essere pieno di poesia, vero? Ma appunto, dico, ma anche quel zitagare lì ha un senso, anche quello è una crescita, non, non credo. E per venire a questo ultimo film, lui dice che questo ultimo film è un funeral, in un modo. But he's, um, he's not, uh, he's not uh, macabre, he's not, uh, I would say, I'm using a figurative language in this case, uh, in, in trying to translate. Um, it, it has a message of hope in a way. We, we see it, he says, I, I see it, and I have this, this feeling that, uh, of, of uh, expectancy for, for something to come, for a big carnival. And I think, I hope also the, the public will feel this. So, it is a funeral, it is, it is a funeral on, on ruins, but uh, it leaves you... It's not the end, it is just the beginning. Of course. It is the beginning.
Well, this is, I must say this, Mr. Fellini, I am delighted to hear you say this, because this is what, personally, as one viewer, have felt in every one of your films. The, I use this phrase again, the indomitability, indomitableness of the human spirit. And you say there is no ending. You were speaking of a decay, a mm. decaying kind of society. See, a decay yeah. is a, a certain kind of uh, liberation. With it is a way to become free. In questo, in questo film qui, proprio alla fine, Marcello dice una lunga battuta che è un pochino riassuntiva di tutto il film. Eh, dice che non ha conclusioni da dire, che non, non sa dire niente, parla con la moglie naturalmente, che non sa dire niente di più alla moglie, né, né alla moglie né agli altri, e che al di, al di fuori di questa confusione, che questa confusione però non lo spaventa più perché questa confusione è proprio lui. È proprio Marcello, il last film, ha più lines in the end where he uh, admits uh, he recognizes the fact that uh, he actually is his doubts he is his confusion uh, he, he recognizes himself in this in his confusion his doubts and only by admitting this he can start again with the uh, free of complexes given him by a wrong education free of of the of uh, the uh, way of life that was imposed upon him by environment by free by the conditioning elements in which he up to them lived only by admitting this he is free and he is real and he can start again in, in a new he finds a new humanity by admitting that his confusion his doubts are is the essence of himself he is this these elements senza più cupe malinconie senza più rimorsi così negativi che non portano a niente e un po' il film è un po' una specie di così clamoroso esame di coscienza molto sgangherato comico perché è un film comico non ponzoso non pensoso nel senso così che si dà di solito questa parola insomma Discovering false values or the falsity of values, man is able to throw off the burden of these false values and thus. Dice anche io mi rifiuto di capire da adesso in poi. Non voglio più capire niente, voglio soltanto credere. Credere a tutto quanto. Uh, at the end he says I refuse to, to, to try to understand. I cannot understand. I refuse to try to understand. I give up trying to understand. I only want to believe. This is where now, this no, is at the... At the end, at Marcello, this last film. You talking about Fellini 8 and a half now. Yes, You're talking yes, about Fellini 8 and a half. Yes, I was yes. about to ask you about Fellini 8 and a half, yes. which is probably is a step beyond yes. now. Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, I was, you don't mind if I ask you this question. Fellini 8 and a half, is, would this be... It's a question often asked naturally. Is it autobiographical? It's a silly question, perhaps. Is it autobiographical in nature part of your own... Since uh, La Dolce Vita is part of your thoughts and imagination, mm. is this part of a life of yours in a sense of reflection dice se ci sono degli elementi dice il um, ponendo la dolce vita come come un film del suo pensiero questo si può, si può dire film della, 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 in un certo senso della sua vita ci sono degli elementi autobiografici io sarei autobiografico anche se ne raccontassi la vita di un merluzzo quindi si figuri un po' in questo film qui dove parla di un regista, quindi... ma però non è un'identificazione così in superficie, perché anzi il pericolo di questo film, almeno per una certa cerchia, un certo pubblico ristretto, è il fatto di, di un'identificazione di pettegolezza, insomma, che mi darebbe un po' fastidio, quella non c'è proprio. Certo, in profondità, chi, chi, come si fa a non essere autobiografici, insomma... An artist is always uh, autobiographic. He says, uh, uh, "Of course, this is a film about a director. I would be out uh, would be autobiographical if I if I wrote a film about a fish. Uh, I wrote I wrote a film about about a director. There are autobiographical elements, but there is no identification in this." 
The very nature of his personal life and observations of necessity in every work he does, this has to be. I would like to point out to Mr. Fellini that uh, your point about the indubitability of, of the human spirit. Ancora una volta desideravo di, di precisare che lui sente proprio in tutti i suoi film questo suo, uh, questo, questo tema suo ricorrente della indomitabilità del, dello spirito umano, della, dello spirito umano, l'invincibilità dello spirito umano, che non si, si, si arrende totalmente, ha sempre una possibilità di riscatto, insomma. Infatti in questa qui, lo sommato è la cosa che mi commuove di più, cioè il complimento, il suo complimento è una definizione un po' volgare, voglio dire, la frase più... Toccante che mi può dire. He's very, he's very happy what you said about the indomitability of the human spirit because uh, he really he wants this, he likes this. He would like to be able to, um, to give the public a certain element uh, that, uh, uh, to, that is, is hidden in, in, in us. Uh, to, 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 he said to, to vibrate a certain core that uh, develops certain echoes uh, uh, in, in, the, in the spirit, in the spirit of... Sacrosanto, quello che dice lei, dovrebbero camminare insieme. Non credo a una soluzione che preveda soltanto così proprio il riscatto dalla dignità dell'essere uomo, così sul piano proprio sociale soltanto, ecco. Penso che quella lì, certamente, ma l'altra insieme. Mm -hmm. uh, no, credo che si faccia una società di automi un'altra sì, volta. Sì, sì, questo è... Uh, I, 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 I made a remark, and uh, Mr. Fellini has, has, has precised the point, uh, that uh, this eco, this, this, uh, this element in, in that uh, he wants to bring out in the public, helps, I said, uh, it's also an element which helps to fight uh, our, our uh, fighting to, to, to reacquire our human dignity. He says, yes, that's all right, but not only that, also the other, also not only something that has a social implication, a social impact, but also a poetical. I was about to come to the poetry, it's and there is then uh, the very nature of Mr. Fellini's films involve a poetry. The fact is it was not the Rome that he personally knows, but the Rome of his imagination. He sees the implications of it, and thus it is with Cabiria. It's not a certain particular prostitute he knew, but a certain human condition. And thus it is with the poet clown and the strong man in, 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 in uh, the strata. So the poetry of your films, perhaps, this is a key thing in your thoughts and mind, is it not, Mr. Fellini? The poetry. Mr. Fellini, this, this question I'm about to ask, Every film you've had seems to indicate a growth. Mm. Well, this you, every artist mm. grows. Mm. But now we come to the, since you're convinced you're affirmative, you feel affirmative about the human race, mm. this figure, the hero of your latest film, mm. the one of which I just saw, the dubbing, mm. now recognizes. Himself. He recognizes himself, his mm. weaknesses. And from yes. this recognition, then, yes. can yes. come the light. Yes, that's perfectly right. He recognizes and is accepting self. He don't, he, he, I, I can explain okay. a language that I don't know. Why, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, say in it? Italian. Yeah, say it in Italian. Sì, eh, la conquista che questo personaggio, che in fondo è sempre lo stesso, perché io credo It's che... It's the recognition of his limits. Uh, Guido, the personage of uh, Mr. Fellini's last film, at the end, recognizes, becomes aware of his limits, recognizes his limits, and he accepts himself as he is. But he is, is, is not a um, passive acceptance. It's a religious 
acceptance of himself. Immediately he becomes aware of the value of man as he is, and therefore gives up his struggle to try to, to understand, to try to find a certain truth. He gives up his conflict, he overcomes his conflict with life and the world. Mr. Fellini said that the last line he says are, I do not want to try to understand anymore. I want to believe. And this, uh, I, I think, my own judgment, is uh, very much in, uh, in, uh, in the line of the modern philosophy. Uh, Albert Camus and Sartre have, uh, in different ways, said the same thing. I mean, of a man, of a man, uh, a man's recognition of, of of his own limits gives uh, and the, the the awareness of 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 its own of the limits inherent of a human the human position are a way to freedom. Only if a man understands this, he is free. He, he knows where he stands and is free to, to make a choice. And uh, there only he can jump into faith. That can be religious faith, political faith, but is, is, is a choice in a faith. Basically, yeah. then, what uh, Federico Fellini was saying as we end our interview right now, mm -hmm. before we bid each other farewell, at least for now, mm -hmm. is that uh, man, he still believes very much in, in man. Earlier we spoke of the indomitability yes. of the human spirit. This basically is belief. Yeah. And in the recognition, in Guido's recognition, the part that Mastriani plays in Fellini eight and a half, the recognition of his own frailties and flaws, uh, the open and yet avenue his acceptance his of this, acceptance of this element, not passively. So you must go and I must go. And again, thank you very I'm much. I'm sorry Frederico. to give you so little time, but no, you know, we will do it again some other time. Good luck on the And thus the conversation ended. Fellini went back into the studio. There were about, uh, I must say, there were about 30 actors waiting impatiently uh, to keep on, to continue dubbing scenes uh, in the film you will be seeing one day soon, Fellini, eight and a half. Uh, perhaps a, a postscript is in order now. The, uh, the last question, that uh, the last comment of Carlo Baldi in reference to Fellini's comments calls for, obviously, another conversation, we hope, someday soon, about man not seeking to understand but to believe. I think this will call for further conversation, I hope. Uh, a word should be said about Carlo Baldi, the interpreter, who is quite a figure himself. He was my constant companion in Rome. He is a producer for RAI, Radio Televisione Italiana, and a highly creative figure himself. There'll be an interview with him, uh, his own story, which is a very colorful one and dramatic one, uh, soon on the series, too. And one, a postscript to the postscript on the subject of Steiner. Uh, that was one of the uh, segments of the conversation with Fellini, and that was discussed earlier in the program by Mastroianni, by Nelson Algren, and by Alain Cuny. Uh, it's interesting that each one who sees the film or partakes has his own view of why a man does something. And then you ask the man who created the figure, and he says, I don't know for sure. And yet we know this is a case of the artist's uh, subconscious at work. Uh, sometimes intuition is involved, and if he's creative enough intuitively, he is right, as certainly Fellini was, for everything that Steiner did seemed natural, and perhaps, not perhaps certainly each one who viewed it, those you heard, 
was right in his own way, too. An artist at work, Federico Fellini. <laughs> 